It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just So, a couple of other things happened, uh, uh, Steve, in, in 1996. You, uh, you got to represent your country in the World Cup, and you also were voted uh, player of the Comeback Player of the Year, the Ben Hogan Award. So, that, fa- that capped off a fabulous year for you. Yeah, 96 was a great, great uh, year for me golf-wise. And Tom Lehman asked me to join him at the World Cup in South Africa. And then the next week we played the Sun City Tournament. So that was really cool. Uh, we got beat up pretty bad by Ernie Els and Wayne Westner. I think we lost by double figures. Uh, but we did finish second and uh, capped off a pretty decent year. And then the next year, 1997, at the Masters, they gave out the Ben Hogan Award, uh, Comeback Player of the Year. But even special in 1996, summer of 96, uh, NBC got a recording from Ben Hogan congratulating me on winning the U.S. Open and thanking me for the kind words that uh, I, I said that he was responsible for me winning the U.S. Open because I read his book, the book about him. <laughs> and that was uh, really special to to hear that recording. And I had after that, I'd actually after his uh, after he died, had contacted his wife through letter, and she wrote me back a nice letter. And that was really special. Well, that, that sure was. And I don't know if you're aware, but uh, of course, Bruce uh, had a wonderful opportunity throughout the '60s to get to know Mr. Hogan pretty well. As a matter of fact, Bruce, I think. Uh, you played your first practice round at Augusta with Mr. Hogan. I did, wow. yes. Yeah, that was quite a quite a way to start at Augusta, isn't it? First of all, you t- turn the invitation down in 1961 to go to Augusta and then get invited back again in 62 and then get to play my first practice round with Mr. Hogan. was was uh, quite a week. Uh, incidentally, I missed the cut, so... He didn't inspire me that much that I played well. I played terrible, but it was a, it was a long and fruitful relationship that I had with him. I played just about every practice round where we both played in the tournament, oh, all the way up until '69. So it was a, it was a, he was a great friend and a wonderful individual. Actually, I think he's one of the one of the really nicest men I've ever met in the game of golf. Well, I wish I could have met him personally, but uh, I've watched enough and read enough about him to feel like I know him very well. Well, what a keepsake to have, and I hope you still have that audio of uh, of his words. Yep, there's a there's a lot of stuff that comes with uh, winning tournaments, and um, it's it's nice. I mean, it's you know, you got a couple kids. I don't have a museum to to send stuff like, you know, the framed uh, picture back here, all the autographs from all the players of 96, every uh, winner gets to take that home with him. And that's one of my special keepsakes. You know, it's one of a kind. Mm. And obviously that was Tigers last year as an amateur. And in uh, 96, he turned pro right there at the end of the year. And obviously his career speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you still had a few more wins in you, so let's just yeah. go on to 1997. Uh, you toddle on down to the Phoenix Open, and uh, you must have had your putter going that week. 
Yeah, it was, uh, I think, you know, my, my goal was to uh, be on a Ryder Cup team in 97. And that's why I didn't go around the world playing exhibitions or anything after winning the U.S. Open. And I came to Phoenix, obviously my hometown, and uh, had a lot of support, a lot of support, had a lot of people out there. My parents were there. And it was just one of those magical weeks where uh, the putter was really hot and it just stayed hot right to the last hole. And uh, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, to win, win by 11, you know, it almost felt like I used used up all my putts for the rest of my career. I only won one more team after that. Um, but uh, the biggest thing, I think, was and uh, Tiger got the hole-in-one on 16 that year. Yeah, obviously, correct. And a lot of people remember that, but they don't remember the winner. And that's okay <laughs> because Tiger's Tiger. And I remember his hole-in-one probably better than my victory. <laughs> Seems yeah. like. There is one thing about that week. victory, Steve, that I noticed is you know, you you just kept getting worse round after round. Yeah. You your yeah. scoring become <laughs> terrible. You went sixty two, sixty four, sixty five, sixty seven, uh, to minus twenty six. That's a pretty pretty low score around mm. that course. Yeah, it was the weather was not the warmest, and it was a little windy, and the, they had the grass was really high and the rough and. It wasn't the easiest time, um, but for me, it seemed easy. I, I didn't hit a lot of greens, but I was still getting up and down for par. Uh, but that's the first – that's funny you said that because that's the first thing my brother Mike was kind of a stat guy. He said to me, he said, you got worse every day. <laughs> first thing he said, hey, you won by 11. Good job. No, you got worse every day. <laughs> you think Jesper Parnovic felt like he – Got second place that week. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was fun playing with him and David Duvall and uh, a couple of the other guys there towards the end. Yeah. Well, you got a, a second Canadian Open at the Royal Montreal uh, that year, and that was by one over Mr. Norman. That had to be a pretty good battle, huh? Yeah. I mean, the opportunity to play with Greg back, you know, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, yeah, he was still the man and uh very intimidating. Uh it was it was an incredible week for me. I was able to throw out a few French words every once in a while to the crowd and they laughed and we <laughs> oui, oui. uh, Yeah, yeah, and they kind of <laughs> I think they kind of took a liking to me cuz I did that and it felt like a major it was a shorter course but it was real tight, the rough was bad, really high. So it was like a major and I don't think I shot, I think, four or five under is all. But it felt just like a U.S. Open to me. Uh, but to get to play with Greg the last day, going down to the stretch, and uh, last hole we both bogeyed, but, uh, you know, you missed the fairway there. and uh, Left was no good. Left was in the water, so I had to keep it right. Uh, but it was just a thrill. He was a gracious, gracious loser. He was fun to play with. Uh, we've always had a good relationship and uh, a very talented, obviously, as uh, record speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I probably would have uh, come off that victory and told my brother Mike that I got better every day except on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you went 71, 68, 67, a little 69, five under, but uh, to beat Norman by one, and again, what uh, back then felt like a major championship uh, for your second win at the Canadian Open, that had to feel pretty good to uh, to cap off a pretty good 1997 as well. Yeah, it was uh, – I had just moved to Montana, so we had been there for about three, two, three months, and I remember practicing um, the week before putting. I said, wow, this really feels good. My putter really feels good. I, I think I'm going to win again in the next couple of weeks. And I had been left off the Ryder Cup team. I'd finished 12th. Um, I never scored a point since the Tucson Open uh, in February. And I just, the point thing always never sat right with me, trying to get top 10 to get a point. But I told him when I didn't get picked, I said, I'm going to win in the next couple of weeks after the PGA. And uh, played well at the World Series golf. Didn't win, but I said, must be the Canadian Open. And I went up and, and won. And every every win I won, every time I won, I felt like I was going to win. Um, didn't happen a lot, but you just kind of have that feeling. Things are going well. You know how it is, Bruce. You, yeah. You're hitting it good. You're putting good. Your, your mentality's right. Um, and, you know, being hurt a third of my career, I don't know if I ever would have won again. But uh, I, I don't look back at it. I'm very thankful for the time I got to play, and I'm still playing golf right now at 65. Yeah, Not right now with my leg, but uh, yeah. my goal is to play, you know, 10 times on a Champions Tour and kind of keep active doing that. And I've got another little business I'm working in, but uh, other than that, Good. you know, you just try to keep try to keep moving, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That second Canadian Open was not the end of your winning career, though, Steve. You uh, you come back in 1998 and win at Quad Cities. Uh, pretty fancy scoring there, too. 64, 65, 68, 66, 17 under par, and you beat uh, Scott Gump by a shot. Yeah, I remember playing with Frank Licklider in that last group. He was a young guy coming out. And uh, hit the ball 10 times better than I did. He was so good. He just wasn't making the putts. Very talented. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, very hot there. And probably the most memorable thing was at the end of it on the on the green on 18, I got the hold. Uh, my two kids were holding John Deere flags. And that picture with us four is in the uh, – up in the hallway at the John Deere classic right now. So it's that, that's a pretty memorable time when you can have your kids come out just like at the U S open on father's day. I got to hold both kids in my arms. That was a, that's a great picture. In fact, there's a picture over here. Let me see if, let me grab this picture. (laughs) Rotate your, okay. Yeah. 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 You see this picture here, that that's probably, Oh man. Yeah, that uh, was a, that's a great picture. Look at that good-looking girl. And she looks young right there, my wife. Who, who's that yeah. young guy in the cobra hat? Yeah. <laughs> so does that guy with the cobra hat. He looks young, too. 
Yeah. Well, he was he young. He was really young. <laughs> he was young. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's everybody that has kids and they come out on the green, they say the same thing. That was the coolest that my kid could see me win. Yeah. Um, so to have yeah. them, the only tournament I didn't have anybody there, uh, my wife, the only one they missed was the 97 Canadian, and, and my brother was on the bag. He kept it for me about five or six years. So I still had family there, but uh, but the other seven wins, uh, they were all their family or my wife. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So that that was PGA Tour win number eight. Of course, it was going to be your final win, as it turns out, to uh, bridge the gap then between that win and deciding to hang it up at some point uh, on the regular tour. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, it's kind of fuzzy. I after. <laughs> 99, 2000, right in there. Man, I had another, I had three elbow surgeries. I had, I've had shoulder surgery, knee surgeries, thumb surgeries. You know, I've had open heart. I've had gallbladders, you huh. know, lots of different other issues. But uh, I've had a lot of different things go on. And like I said, a third of my career, I didn't get to play. Um, but had a, had a wonderful time when I did friendships are forever it's great these guys that's the one thing a lot of guys miss is being out there on tour uh, but it's real foggy from around 2002 to 2010 for me i just i was just trying to get healthy for the champions tour actually yeah i didn't yeah. think i was ever going to play um i didn't i thought i'd be retired at 45 living in montana but we end up moving back to arizona in 04 and then uh, trying to get rehabbing and play again. And so I did start playing a little bit again, but just too many injuries kept nagging me with tennis elbow. And, you know, that's uh, that's a tough one. Tennis elbow can, yeah. gets a lot of people. Guys that stay healthy on tour, they, they have amazing uh, records, or at least they have really good uh, retirement accounts. <laughs> yeah. Even if they haven't won, they've got a good retirement account. <laughs> well, you'd be jealous to hear what, uh, what lump sum payment Bruce Dublin got from the regular tour pension. Oh, yeah, I want you I to bet. think how much, how much do you think I got from the tour? I, I don't want to guess that. <laughs> you know, you could only, you could only defer off the regular tour if, your uh, deferred payments were more than $10,000. So I got a one-time check oh. for 4600 bucks, And put that to <laughs> uh, 20 years, that's how much. Uh, 20 years in, 20 into 4600 is It's not too much a year, is it, really? <laughs> Amazing. Wow. It's probably pretty good in 1810. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. About then, well, probably yeah. was. Well, your senior tour's been pretty good to a lot of guys too with their pensions. Now, for me, it was a lot better too. And I noticed uh, in your record so far on the Champions Tour, you've played about seventy events and won just a little bit over eight hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, keep adding to that, uh, Steve, as when you get feeling ready again. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the last three years I played seven. Every year, but it's too many. Uh, had you know different types of surgeries and this and that and the other, and uh, not even counting the, the things that keep me off for one or two months or 
you know, it might be an ankle injury or or something. Um, I can't even think right now. There's been so many. Uh, but, you know, it just – and then the hard part is coming back after you've been off for six months or a year. True. A couple yeah. – two two times I was I was hurt for at least three years where I didn't hit a golf ball. Mm-hmm. So it's it takes a year at least to kind of get your momentum yeah. going and your – you know, your – just your grip pressure. That I think, if if you have strong hands and strong arms, that is such an advantage, um, because that's one of the first things that goes your legs and your your hand strength, and you really need that. Yeah, you did have a chance to uh, serve it as an assistant captain at the Ryder Cup in two thousand four at where Oakland Hills. Oakland Hills, yeah. yeah. Hal Hal Sutton called me up. I was in Montana and. He called me up and said, hey, I'd love to have you captain with uh, Jackie Burke and myself. I said, I would love to. Um, I wasn't much much help for those guys. I, we kind of got beat up pretty good, but it was a great experience and got to spend some time with uh, President Bush at the time. Uh, first first Bush. Mm-hmm. Bush won. Yeah. And uh, just the whole experience was was incredible. Um, and I just, the only thing in my career, if I could have played in one, I was 12th a couple of times and didn't get on, uh, that would have really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. for our listeners also mentioning Jackie Burke, a masters winner back in the fifties, uh, PGA winner, I think too, Bruce, Wright, And, uh, we just lost him yeah. a few days ago at nearly age one Oh one. Yeah. Just a few days short of being 101. Quite a, quite a life he's, he had, didn't it? Yep, they say short people live longer, and that's true because all the tall guys, it's, it's statistically the taller you are, the shorter you live statistically. So, you know, I've made it to 65. I'm pretty happy so far. So who knows how long you're going to go. But, you know, you do what you can do and um, yeah. try to do the best you can be in your career and uh, maybe enrich other people's lives, and that's important. Yeah, so Steve uh- – Beyond trying to play uh, a, a little bit on the Champions Tour, particularly when you get healthy again, you, you recover from the knee surgery, uh, bring us up to speed on uh, other things you've been involved in the last few years and what's keeping you occupied. Yeah, I've I've jumped around a couple different things. Actually, for three years, uh, six, seven years ago, I was um, selling cooling tower technology for big buildings in California and different places. And um, it was a company out of Israel that was saving water. And uh, it was pretty good, pretty good technology. They've actually gotten better now since I left five years ago. Um, But it was a learning experience. I tell you, I I give a lot of credit to people who are sales, sales persons, male and female, doesn't matter. But, uh, to be able to sell a product uh, is is a certain skill, and you better know know your product. Uh, I could sell golf, but when you go off into engineering stuff, it's it's a lot different. So, yeah, you learn how to defer. Yeah, and, and now you're involved with a company that helps other companies save on their prescription spending for their employees. I guess yes. Yeah this this company here I'm. Really blessed to be a part of Sharks with an RX. The Sharks plan is incredible. We help companies. We we don't sell anything. We just save them money. 
and uh, literally 70, 80% on a lot of their uh, prescription spends. And it's just so much fun to be a part of it. And Gary Hallberg and I are both doing that with a oh, good. Uh, with that company. Yeah. So Gary's involved in 25 different companies and uh, <laughs> a couple of them, he's kind of, kind of brought me in on a few of them. It's just been a, a, a joy to do that for the last year and a half. And, and uh, it, it definitely fills your time and knowing that you can help companies save money. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, good luck uh, getting healthy again. But before we let you go, there's always three questions that we like to ask our guests as we close out our visits with you. And I'll, uh, I'll uh, defer to uh, my longtime partner and give him the tea, Mr. Dublin. Okay, Steve, first question. If you knew what you know now, back when you started playing professionally, what would you have done differently? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I never thought of that, actually, uh, because you can't do anything different. So I guess I never thought of it that way. But professionally, golf-wise, what would I have done different golf-wise? I probably would have um, – I actually probably would have practiced more. Any particular aspect of practice or just volume? Just, just volume, yeah. Just I would have dedicated more, which means if you practice more, you got to be in better physical shape. And it was just really – getting common in the eighties and nineties to get physically in shape. Uh, there was always guys out there, obviously Gary player and a lot of different guys were very active, but uh, I think if I could have been stronger, I think maybe that would have helped my career, but it's still, it was that thing where if you did push ups, you weren't going to putt very good back in the seventies <laughs> and that mentality. So I, yeah, it's not like that anymore, but uh no, and probably if you were a gym rat back in 91, it wouldn't have helped from uh, going over the handlebars, would it? No. So question number two, we're going to give you one career mulligan, one shot to do over anywhere. Where would you take it? Well, I think it's a pretty obvious one. It was at Hilton Head in 1987. I was leading by one going to the last hole and I hadn't won on tour yet. And, uh, I, I missed, I used the three wood every day at Hilton head on the last hole, but the wind kicked up. So I said, I better hit driver. Well, I was using a five degree driver at the time and I could hit a low hook with it. So I said, I better aim out to the right in case it goes through at Hilton head. It could go through into the hazard. Mm -hmm. So aim it out to the right. So it takes an 80 yard wide fairway turns it into a 30-yard wide fairway. Yeah. And I held on to it because the wind kind of quit when I got over the ball. And I held on to it and hit a tree and went 20 yards right out of bounds. And that gave Davis Love his first victory uh, of five that he had at Hilton Head. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And what's, the funny thing is, is he when I saw him after I'd won the U.S. Open, I think it was a couple weeks later, he said, you know, I was always wondering if I was going to have to repay you for that 1987 Hilton Head tournament that you knocked it out of bounds on, but I didn't want it to be a major. <laughs> well, you had another shot uh, not too long after that, 1990, right? You're in a playoff with Payne Stewart and Larry Mize there. 
Oh, boy. Yeah, Payne and I were playing together uh, the last day at Hilton Head. And I just love that golf course because it, it wasn't exactly real long, but you had to be straight. And you had to finagle that ball around. It's just a just a gym. Beautiful golf course. And I actually birdied, uh, slapped it out of the, the rough from 15 to a foot with a slice five iron out of the dirt. Uh, and then I birdied uh, 17. And then uh, I birdied 16 too. I can't remember. I don't know what I did. I knew I was behind, but I get to 18. I'm playing with pain and I hit it. I hit it like five and a half feet. I mean, I hit it right below the hole, five and a half feet, right lip putt. And it took pain about four minutes to hit his putt and he missed. And I was ready. I was ready to go. And when you look at the telecast, Ken Venturi uh, said, oh my goodness, he's, he's not taking any time at all. And I've been looking at it for almost five minutes. Yeah. It's a five footer. How much time do you need? Right. And it's a right lip putt. And I hit it. I looked at the replay and I hit it right on the right lip putt and it just kind of hit some grain and went left. And Ken said, Oh, he, he rushed that thing. And of course, uh, gotten a, gotten a playoff and, uh, Payne birdied 17. I'm and Larry Mize birdied 17 and then Payne won on 18. But, uh, it was fun to, to get to know Payne. I just, even now I think about Payne Stewart. I think about his rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say, remember Payne? And then I'll try to get that rhythm. Okay. Our last question. You ready for it? Sure. How would Steve Jones like to be remembered? Well, I think for me is obviously people, first thing they would think of is he's a, he played golf. He won the U.S. Open. But other than that, you know, I'm much more than that. Uh, my life in Christ, my faith in God, that's changed my whole life, and it can change anybody that puts their faith in Christ. And to know that this world is passing away and everything in it, but all you do is do for God. That's what counts. And uh, people need to come to Jesus Christ. That's that's the ultimate. I mean, that is eternity in heaven, and that's what I want everybody to know. Thank you. Well, thank you for being with us, Steve. It's been fun listening to your story, and uh, we thank you for your time. I know Mike feels the same way as I do. It was great having you with us. Well, I thank you for being number 90. I hope number 90 wasn't the most boring one. Um, I appreciate you guys, and I hope you, hope you have another 90 more. Thanks, Steve. Great to add your story to uh, all the greats on For the Good of the Game. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, and tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, so long, everybody. Whack down the fairway. It went smack down the fairway. And it started to slice just a smidge off line It headed for two, but it bounced off nine My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay Yes, it went straight down the middle Quiet